Hey, Trav, everybody's talking about the Super Bowl and how boring it was. Forget how boring the Super Bowl itself was. I was disappointed with, with my food. You know, I was at a Super Bowl occasion. I was at a party, and I had something specially ordered just for me. Yeah. And then I had to go entertain these folks. When I came back, my food was just cold. I was pissed off about that. This is your fault, Tanner. I told you what to do. The best thing about my Super Bowl Sunday, because the game sucked, halftime sucked, commercials sucked. You know what didn't suck? Paisanos. I used the online code BOGOPIZZA. Bought one, got the second one free. Best thing of my Sunday, dog. You know what? I should have took that cab. Never listen to me, man. Coming up on the Santana Moss Show podcast, it's now officially the offseason for the NFL, but it's in season for my gambling problem. Who said the Super Bowl was a boring watch? I found it very interesting that the Patriots put the D into the Super Bowl. Tana, there's more football still to be played, believe it or not. We'll get into it. I know we talk football the entire show, but they say baseball is taking the L. Find out why. The Santana Moss Show starts... Now! It's a Santana Moss Show. Home of Blue Ball Number 89. I all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week, it's a Lerigold now I'm ready to go. Santana Moss Show Podcast. Travis Thomas. Santana Moss! How you doing, Bobby Chulo? We in the building, my brother. Hey man, so what's been going on? This is the post-Super Bowl edition of the Santana Moss Show Podcast. So of course we're gonna get into that. But first. What's been up with you, dog? Pretty lax, man. Pretty yeah, lax. It's un- you? unusual. Un- you? Un- I was just sharing with you, man. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to just trips, getting, getting out of here, yeah, man. Yeah, you about to jet I'm set. I'm so bored right now. But you know, at the end of the day, the show must continue, and that's yes. why we're here today. Um, prior to today, you know, the only thing I did that was adventurous or something that you can say, what did Tana do? Yeah. Um, I had a Super Bowl engagement where Meriden Live, they've been for the last three years, I've been a guest with Meriden Live. They have a Super Bowl party for mm-hmm. all their high rollers that come in. They watch the game as a big family. And my man Bob over at Meriden Live, you know, he invites different guys like myself, B. Mitch, Portis. We had a lot of Raven guys, you know, whoever the athletes of the area yeah. that's in town, you know, we come out there and, and we sit with some of that. You know, that special guest and Gamble. just entertain them. You know, we entertain mm-hmm. them and then we get a chance to, after the game or before the game, go out there and have a little fun on the tables, you know. So that's how I spun my Super Bowl and that's been my norm for the last three years. For the last few years. Bruh, just wait until sports betting is legal mm-hmm. in Maryland and D.C. It's going to be bananas more so for y'all because you're already in high demand now. Mm-hmm. Once sports betting hits, oh my God. I can't imagine because you know I was just talking to you about sports betting. Like I don't even know the different nuances when it comes to you know the overs, the unders. Yeah, I just basically call a friend or call my brother <laughs> and be like, "Hey, put me for this or put right. me for that." So I'm not really a better. Yeah. you know, I rather go back and forth with you than right. somebody go out there and say I'm gonna find a bookie and you know yeah. anything like that. Yeah, but no. it's pretty interesting. I'm I'm really wondering what could become of this sports betting thing yeah. and dealing with the guys that's been involved because. As a former player, yeah. I remember that, you know, it shouldn't be allowed to us as players right? when you're playing. But for us guys like me and you, mm-hmm. I'm not a degenerate like yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be able to go away and do what we do, you know, bet the uh, house on it. Like they say, bet yeah, the house. I'm going to tell you like this. I'm hoping for one of your New Year's resolutions, even though we're in February, that 
you get away from all those other guys and you just turn to your boy. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a bookie. I'm a bookie killer. They don't like seeing me because I'm getting that payout every time. I definitely need to holler at you because you know me. I like to put that one bet down that's yeah. going to be is going to be that make him a break the big boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look here. I ain't got no time to be putting no two teamers together, yes. no parlays. Yeah, nah, let me get you one. Give me that's your best like man. I'm gonna throw something big on it, and, you know, and see what it do. I will say this: my name's starting to grow out in these streets with sports mm-hmm. bet, though, because the reason I say that when the Super Bowl arrived, right, mm-hmm. a lot of people were coming up to me. Like, hey, Trav, I subscribe to your website, TravisThomasExperience.com, by the way. I see you on Santana's show. I see you on the TV side. I hear you on the radio side. You know a lot about sports gambling. I want to make some bets for the Super Bowl. What do you got? The picks I gave them hit because I broke even for the Super Bowl. A lot of people got hurt So what was your the number Super one Bowl. pick? What was the number one pick that you would have gave anybody and say, hey, this is the one and only. I have a few of them in my chamber, but this is the one pick that I feel that I can share with you guys that's going to hit. I didn't even bet the second one myself. I gave one person two bets that went 2-0, and oh, okay? I did the first half under, which I bet personally. It's 27 and a half. Obviously, we know there were no points in the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a second. So that hit. And then I said that person was a Patriots fan. So I was like, bet your team. I never tell anyone to bet with their heart. But in this case, I knew the Patriots were going to win. Yeah. I didn't bet it because I didn't like the number. The number was three. I felt like they would win by a field goal, which is a push. You know what that is. No one wins jack. You don't lose, but you don't win. So I didn't touch it. But I said, you're a Patriots fan. Take the first half under and bet your team. They went 2-0. Listen, I'm not an expert. I think anyone in the sports betting space that says they're an expert is an idiot and says that they win all the time, they're lying to you. Sports is not an exact science. No one knows that better than you. Yeah, so tell me this, though. But you can take educated guesses based on the data. And I want to get to that because I want to ask you, what make you, you know, where you are when it comes to betting? Because I don't pay close attention to it. Right. And to me, it's sometimes it seems like a science. It seems like you have to really pay close attention to what the team's doing, yeah. how they play home, how they play away, especially with, with college basketball. I'm sitting there watching some time, and I'm like, you have this magnificent team, and yes. they, they all set up. To just dominate, and then when they go away, they don't play the same. You know, one of the little nuggets I got from somebody who's a better, who's you know constantly betting, he's like Tanner, you always have to bet with the home team, regardless if they're gonna lose or not. You bet with the home team because mm-hmm. they're gonna cover. Because at home, for some odd reason, they play tougher. They might lose that game, but mm-hmm. they're not gonna get beat by what the betting world says they're yeah. gonna get beat by. I don't like. Exacts. So I, I don't like always bet the home team to cover because that doesn't always happen. Sure, majority of the time it does. I'll answer your question with this. When you say what makes me feel comfortable in that space, I'll tell you like this, Tana. Obviously, you know what I do for a living. All I do is watch sports. So I have a good feel not only of the data and the stats, but also just a gut feeling. I've watched these teams. Yeah. So I kind of know how they play. Are they defense? Are they offense? Are they both? You know, is it great coaching? That type of thing. But I will say this. I'll never forget this. I had one time I was going to make a bet. This was a college basketball game, March Madness last year. And because I'm in this industry and I know people, I was going to bet one way. I happened to know a guy who was connected with the program back in the day. So I called him. Say, hey, just before I make this bet, I'm betting on Team X, we'll call them. Don't do it, Trav. Why? I still talk to the coaching staff. They caught a delayed flight. Their flight was delayed because of weather. They got in town late. They stayed at a janky-ass hotel. Motel 6. 
Yep. Fire <laughs> alarm went off in the middle of the night. They had to evacuate, came back. They have no sleep. They travel cross country. I know they're a better team. Don't bet them. If any night, this night won't work. Boom. I didn't do it. I bet the other way, actually, based on this phone call, and I hit the bet. So I'm just saying, I think because I pay attention to stuff and I know people within it, I've called you before for Mm -hmm. intel on certain things. That's why I feel comfortable giving people advice. That's one of those 50-50 bets, though, because – And it's crazy that you brought that up. I've been a part of a team that in high school we was the favorites. We went to the state championship game. And I remember the night before the game, you know, our coach was one of those no-nonsense coaches. He was like the Bill Belichick of high school football down in Miami. Right. And I remember we had a room set up where we did all the gambling and you name it. Anything else you can imagine what high school football is doing when no parents and no supervision is around. Turn up. It was a turn up room. And it was gambling. You name it. Mm -hmm. Everything went down in that room. And fortunately, I was in my room. I was in my bed getting ready. And I remember getting that. That call saying everybody outside the room. Uh, I heard the damn fire alarm. alarm first. Someone set the fire alarm yeah. off, and I think somebody was smoking black and mild or something. Them guys was having a good time. But I remember getting on the bus. The coach put us on the bus and said, you know what? We can go home right now. We can forfeit this game. And I remember all the veterans and the guys. And I was the veteran. I was a senior that year. I cared less about what they was talking about. They was sitting up there begging, pleading. There was a <laughs> bunch of guys who was, quote, unquote, leaders. But I was a leader. a leader. I was a real. leader outright, and I didn't say a word. I sat my behind down. I sat next to an old lineman at that, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take this time to get my rest because we're going to play this game tomorrow. Regardless of what Coach talking about, he's trying to punk us right now. He's trying to scare us and tell us that we don't deserve to play. We should forfeit. We should go home. But we're going to play this game, so let me go ahead and get my rest now because I'm going out there, and I'm going to lay on the line. This is my first championship, wow. and I'm going to go out here and shine. So I got next to a lineman, sat next to him, and laid my head on his shoulder. Wow! I ain't care about all that. Whatever they might thought, I'm going to get this rest because for all you guys that got me in this situation, I'm not going to let you detour. You ain't going back and forth. You're not going to detour <laughs> what I what I prepped myself to do tomorrow. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I went out there and had a magnificent game. Could have easily got you know MVP of the game. I think they gave it to our quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. But – we went out there and played lights out, and if we could have been sitting in that same seat of that team that got the same, you know, you got the nod on that team, the notion to say, hey, don't yeah. bet on those guys, yep. you would have lost because we went out there and played the game that we was likely to play and really dominated that team from kickoff to finish. This is what we're going to do. Roll with me for March Madness, dog. No, Let so. me make some bets for you, March so. Madness, and watch how you know I, I like flip to do it, it and tumble. You know I like to do it. So I'm going I'm to get something because right now what I'm hearing – and it's like, you know, we we hear the Zion and all the Duke oh, Madness, boy. but they say right now the best team is Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee is no Tennessee joke. and Virginia might be in the mix in now, the top three, but they say Tennessee is the outright best team. So I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to watch yes. closely and see what's going on with Tennessee, Duke, and Virginia because I, I like for show bets. You know what I'm saying? Let me give you a little intel, okay? Duke is at Virginia this weekend. Watch that game. That's a Saturday night game. I believe the game's at 6. Monday. You bet, you bet on that game? Right now, this is all scouting for me. I won't bet on it. I'm watching these games, getting the intel that I need for when March Madness comes so I can knock them over the head, right? So that's a big game. And then Monday night, UVA in Chapel Hill taking on UNC. So you want to watch both of those games Mm -hmm. to get what you need. So Saturday and Monday. Saturday and Monday. So Duke is in? Duke is in Charlottesville Saturday. Okay. And then UVA goes to UNC Monday. 
two big games you need to pay attention to. Because you mentioned those teams, no, no right? Doubt, no doubt. So that's what you need to watch. No I doubt. just want everyone to know this gambling talk has been more riveting than the actual Super Bowl was. <laughs> because that, in my opinion, Santana, was, I'm not going to call it the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah. Because that shellacking of Peyton Manning comes to mind. You remember that year? Mm-hmm. I remember the year the Pittsburgh Steelers beat Seattle, and it was flags every five seconds. That was a horrible Super There's been bad Super Bowls. So I'm not going to call this one bad, but my God, was it boring. It was boring for those guys who expected a, a shootout. You know, it's a lot of fans that, if you watch the whole week long, what you heard from the analysts and the different people that came on, the uh, the different players that played both of these teams, they was expecting the Rams to go out there and be high-powered and this offense to really show you and wow a shootout. you. They wanted to see a shootout because they knew that in doubt, Within doubt that Tom Brady can score, regardless of who he faces, he's going to score. Yes. And regardless of what their defense do, that if the Rams go out there and play like they played all season long, the, you know, Brady and Belichick will answer. And that's why it was a boring matchup because or a boring game because people expected this thing to be one of those back and forth, you know, um, matches where you can say the last team with the ball or the team that makes the, you know, make the most mistakes will be the team that lose. And it wasn't that way. What I appreciated about the game is because, you, you know, what I appreciate the most about the game is all my life, I've always was told that offenses score points and defenses win championships. And it was told differently. They say offenses win games. Yep. But defenses win championships. And what Belichick shows you is that regardless of what you think about his team, regardless of what they showed you this year, even the game before the championship game when Kansas City came out and said, we're going to adjust to what they showed us the first half and we're going to put up this, how many other points it was. It it was a a whopper size of points when it come down to, I think, 30-plus. They still came and looked like a totally different team Mm. in the Super Bowl in the game that matters the most. The defense rose to the occasion. And we can sit here and talk about how boring it was, how Tom Brady didn't show up. I care less what you say about Tom Brady because Tom Brady, to me, still did what Tom Brady does. Find a way to get the ball to the open guy and give his team the best chance to win. And he did that. Yes, it wasn't one of those games that you saw last Super Bowl when he scored all these points and still lost. Right. But he went down there and he picked these guys apart when the time was needed. Now, what we heard going into this game was – if the Los Angeles Rams defense come to play, Donald, Sue, you name it, the secondary, they had everything going their way on the defensive side. And truth be told, these guys played their, they their ball. behind off. Wade Phillips deserves Wade some credit. Wade Phillips did what Wade Phillips know how to do. Yep. Put those guys in the situation and let them play ball. So that's what I appreciate the most about the game because they talked about the Rams defense, they showed up. They talked about Tom Brady being a surgeon. He was a surgeon. He didn't score a lot of points. But he was a surgeon. He picked those guys apart, and when the time was needed, he found a way to get himself and get his team in that red zone, and he went up there and went ahead on those guys and beat those guys by 10. This is a perspective of someone who played the game at a high level, one of the best to ever do it, in my opinion. From a fan's perspective, just a guy who likes eating Doritos and watching the game, <laughs> and the he, whole thing and sucked. And eating the little Paisanos. And little Paisanos. <laughs> Shout out to Paisanos. We love you. Listen, outside of... Actually, none of it. The game sucked. The commercials sucked. Halftime sucked. The whole thing was awful. All of it, Tana. But here's why I want to ask you. This is a copycat league, right? How come no one can copy off the Patriots? Why are they 
a cut above everybody else? How come no one can duplicate what they've done? You know, teams try often. Where they fail at is because it's the Patriots way. I've been a guy that played on a team where we saw them twice a year. I played with the Jets. And we had our share of wins against these guys. But they still had a formula that you can see that no other team or not all the teams have picked up on because they do it a different way. And what I mean by this is that it starts in the classroom with those guys. Yes, we all have our time. We all have our stint and our moments where we're sitting in there and we're studying. But Belichick alone, one of the things that I took from watching the post-game interviews is something that Edelman, you know, he shared with the post. He said, hey, one of the things he picked up early when he first got there being a young guy, they didn't have really a, a dominant role for him. They just put him wherever they needed him. And he said he remember walking into the weight room and Belichick was there on the treadmill reading studying. And he's like, basically he said something to him about, like, what's up, coach? Well, like, what you doing? Like, you know, and he said, you still out here getting some work in or something like that. And Belichick said, you know, this – this beats being a plumber. And then Belichick cleaned it up and said, hey, no offense to guys who who's a plumber. You know, I feel like it's a great job. But basically he said it, it beats working. But what I took from that is that this guy is always working. He's always trying to find a way to get better. And what he does with that is he takes that into the classroom. The way he breaks down every position, offense, defense, and special teams, he coaches it all. And, yeah, he might not be an expert in all phases, but he studies it. It's his life. And everyone in the NFL doesn't do that. You know, you have certain players that's at the top of their game and you look at them and you say, why are they there? It's because they study it. You know, we had London in here a couple of weeks ago. He wasn't lying to you. He studied it. It meant something to him. I share with you my stories about how, as a player, I went from being just a dominant guy when it comes to my abilities. And then when I had a couple of knee surgeries here and there, I went to studying. And I'm like, man, if I would have studied when I was younger, Mm. I was just beating people when I was young. When I was a step or two slower, I was basically studying, going out there and beating guys off of just the knowledge alone. And I've been on teams where coaches like Belichick like. I talked to you about my coach in high school, Coach Walt Frazier, uh, my coach in college, Bush Davis. These all Belichick-like coaches. Gibbs. You know, I can't even say Gibbs is a Belichick-like coach. He's Gibbs. He's proven. He's his own beast. He has his own Super Bowls, that, and he's a Hall of Famer at what he does. But they have the same traits, you know, the way they coach, the way they allow us to be who we are. And then you had a guy like Shanahan. To me, out of all the coaches I've been coached by, those are the names I can put and say they're in the same pie. You know, you can put them in the same circle with Belichick's because they expect you to be you when the time is needed. They expect you to do what they ask you to do, and it's no if, ands, or buts. And the one thing I took from watching the Belichick team when we faced those guys in 2014 out there in Richmond in training camp, after that long practice, those guys were not there in condition. These guys want to be the guy that lasts the longest. Mm-hmm. They don't want to necessarily have to be that dominant or beat you with the star power. It's the endurance of the game. And he said that. He said, I want to be able to last longer because if you're well-conditioned physically and mentally, you're dominant. You're ready for You war. don't have to yep. be the best player on the team. You're going to beat that guy because you're going to be the last longer. And half of that thing is mental. I tell you that all the time. You know, I share that with my sons. Most of the things we do in life is mental. So just put that with your game, especially the game of football. Travis Thomas, the best that I've ever seen at the cornerback position. If I mentally let that 
eat me up, I'm going into the game not giving myself a chance. Right. But if I train, if I know that Travis is good at beating me up at the line of scrimmage, if I get beat up all week at the line of scrimmage and I find my way out of that one practice and then the next practice I go with the same technique or show that guy something different, don't you know I just retrained my thoughts and said now I could come different. I don't care who Travis Thomas is or said to be. I'm going there with the notion that I can win. I can win because I'm best fit for this opportunity. I'm suitable to go out there and do whatever is expected and more because I've trained myself, body and mind. And that's what the New England Patriots do. They basically train their players military-like. Like military, yeah. You know, it's military-like. It's like, Belichick has that background. And too. he has that background. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. You know, he he studied his dad and, yeah, and he's Navy. been around. You know, so he has these guys well-groomed to go out there and face anything and be ready for any challenge. Let me ask you this. You know, we're at the point now, and you're speaking of conditioning and things of this nature. Well, now we're at the offseason. And so let's table New England for a second because we recognize they're, they're on a different planet. But in general, for a player, what do you do now? It's February, Super Bowl's over. If you didn't play in it, you were on the couch watching the playoffs like the rest of us. Where was Santana Moss at right now, the day or two after, the week after the Super Bowl, if you will? Where were you in your off-season regiment? Well, it was two Santanas, and it's kind of obvious because I'm a Gemini and I do have two me's. But my early years, I was a guy that, you know, I didn't make it to that far in the playoffs a lot of those years. So I was always a dual sport athlete from track and football back in my day. So I would literally come home in the offseason and be right back in the gym. And I remember that was my fix. Like, I couldn't get away from what— What were you doing? Lifting? Were you hooping? Everything. everything. All of it. You know, hooping here and there wasn't too strong with the hooping stuff because I saw guys blow out ACLs and tear all type of things out doing that. I remember—it's crazy you brought that up. I remember being at the uh, University of Miami, and all the guys come back, the Reggie Waynes, you name it. All us in there, Andre Johnson, all the guys I played with, all my brothers. We in there, and I got downs, and Reggie's on the court. And one of the young guys that was still playing at the U, he goes over Reggie back for a rebound. And Reggie don't see him. And Reggie kind of steps back to get the ball. You know, he big-bodied him or whatever, you know. And when he came, the guy blew his knee. And I literally got my bag and got up. I said, I'm done. I'll see y'all guys. I'm not. That's the reason why I don't play so hard on these courts. And that's all we we did in the offseason because it was our conditioning. You know, along with what we did in the weight room with Coach Swayze and out there on the field. But y'all all competitors, we all so we get heated and, and whatever. Guys will go hard. One thing about the veterans, guys like myself, Reggie and Andre and all those guys, the Adrian James and those guys, we knew not to go so hard. Like, right. I'm not going over your back like that for a <laughs> Right, ball. right. You know, at the end of the day, you got it. Right. I'm going to play you. I'm going to probably defend you You're more. You're out there for a workout. I'm going to defend you more. And, like, you guys one of my friends. To this day, I'll be in L.A. Fitness. If I play in a basketball game— if you the guy with the dribble, I'm going to follow you the whole game because want, I want the sweat. I want the workout. I want the cardio. So I'm going to follow that guy who's going to dribble all day regardless of how my game is or not. And that's what we do. In the offseason, that's what I would have done. Early me, I'm out there in the gym. The older Tanner, I took all that time off until the Super Bowl game was over, and then I started. Mm-hmm. And that Monday after the Super Bowl, I was in the gym. The old Tanner was in the gym ready to go. I took all that time after my season was over with to just do what I do, party, vacation. And you're going to still find yourself vacationing now because you had the time. You don't stop vacationing until you basically end for training camp. They're going to start things up, you know, as an organization, uh, as a team, like mid-April, you know, early May. But you are still find guys that, like myself, I will come up here for my workouts 
and go back home on the weekends. And that's when you get your vacation time, your family time, and you do whatever you want to do because that's the only time you have until things really kick into full tempo. All right, Tana, the NFL is over, but the football can't stop, won't stop. Uh-uh, uh-uh, take that. The AAF mm. kicks off this weekend. I don't know if you know about this or not. The Alliance of American Football this is a CBS. This is a baby of CBS. Charlie Ebersol, I believe, is Dick Ebersol's son. Bill Polian's involved. Tana, listen to the teams and the names involved. The Arizona Hot Shots, mm-hmm. led by Rick Neuheisel, head coach. Trevor Knight is a the quarterback there. Atlanta Legends, offensive coordinator. Maybe you heard of him. Mike Vick, mm-hmm. uh, quarterback Aaron Murray, used to play down there at Georgia. The Birmingham Iron, Blake Sims, and Trent Richardson at running back. That's a name that just keeps on giving, isn't it? The Memphis Express, Mike Singletary's coaching them, Tana. Zach Mettenberger is a quarterback on that team. Remember him from LSU? He played in the NFL for a minute. I believe Christian Hackenberg also on that team. Orlando Apollos, these names. I love them. (laughs) The names get you every time. (laughs) Steve Spurrier coaching them, Tana. Salt Lake Stallions, Dennis Erickson coaching them. San Antonio Commanders. Every now and again, I go commando. Can you say that on a podcast? No. Mike Rod- <laughs> Mike Riley coaching them. San Diego Fleet. Bishop Sankey. Tana, now the rules are a little different. No kickoffs at all. The ball starts on the 25-yard line. To onside kick, they do away with that. So you get the ball on the 35, and it's a fourth and 10. You convert it, you keep it. Simple. No extra point. You got to go for two every time. Mm-hmm. Play clock is 30 seconds. Here's my question to you. This will be on CBS this weekend, primetime style. Will you watch this? I'm watching. Really? I'm watching. I got a friend or a former teammate, Rocket Ross. Mm-hmm. He's actually playing for the Arizona team. And he's a guy, play receiver, uh, got so much you know respect for his game and know that he just need opportunity. He has all speed. And I think he's still young. Okay. Still rough around the edges. And he was with us for a while. He was on the practice squad with us when I was playing. Okay. After I left, he was here returning kicks. He had one year where he had a kick return or a punt return for touchdown. It's fast. And um, yeah, man, he just didn't he just didn't pan out in the NFL. So I remember me and him was just texting this morning. Wow. And I was like, bro, I'm this so is your this it. is your moment. Yeah. This is your chance they to really time, bro. This is your moment to really go out here and you know, you don't get that many chances. I'm one of those guys that I find guys like them and even if they don't reach out to me, what social media allows you to do is show guys no doubt. that love and that, you know, that respect when you see something. And I'm one of those guys, like if I was see something on my page, I would, I would click on it and comment and say something to them to let them know that I'm watching because you don't know how far that goes, you know. Yeah. And, and for myself, I could just imagine myself in their shoes and having a Jerry Rice or a Deion Sanders or someone who I looked up to yeah. in those years, they you know, Andre Risings and Desmond Howard, Rocket Ishmael's. All those guys are the guys that I looked up to. I can mm-hmm. just imagine if social media was around back then mm-hmm. and those guys would just say, hey, I see what you're doing. Give me a little word of wisdom or something like that. But see, that's if they would. Because here's yeah, one thing would, I respect right. about you. And it's crazy about sports, Tana, because you're young. You're a young yeah. dude. But in the world of sports, you're an OG. Yeah. What I respect about you is you will show that love. Yeah. You will reach out to a won't. young man. A lot of guys won't. A lot of cats are corny, yeah, cats won't. won't do that. They might look at you as a threat. Yeah. And you don't do that. You show love, man. I definitely respect that and appreciate that. It costs me nothing. It definitely costs you nothing to reach out to a fan or to say something to someone 
that really, you know, show you support. Yeah. Or you or, admire. Or admire, you, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, to me, I, I make sure that my fans know because, look, it's going to become a day that I'm forgotten. And whether I care or not, I don't, you know. But for the ones who remember me now, yeah, yeah I appreciate that. You didn't have to do that, but I appreciate it. No doubt. I feel like it's only right to transition to taking L's. I'm taking this one, Tana. Taking L's for me, and I know we've done a whole show about football, right? Mm-hmm. And you know I love football, but I love all sports. And, man, I got to tell you something. Major League Baseball right now is taking an L. I'm giving it to the whole league. You have Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Still, as of taping of this podcast, Mm. sitting there without jobs. These are the two biggest stars, brightest stars in the game. Pitchers and catchers report next week, Tana, and they still don't have jobs. Shame on Major League Baseball. That's my taking L's this week. Do you believe that it'll be any longer that these guys sit out? Or Listen, this is one bet I'm glad I didn't make because I thought it would already be done by now. What would you think it would be about, though? Would it be about the number that they're expecting? Yes. Or, or it's all financial. All financial. It's all financial. So what are their range right now? What are like well, hundred, hundreds of millions or 200, oh yeah. when, 200 when, it, when, when this all started, let's take Bryce Harper, for example. When this all started, Bryce wanted 400 mil. Not going to happen. How many years do you think? 20 years. got to be. Not 10. Now, it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. Okay. So now you hear rumors that, well, that number's dropped. Now the Nats offered him 10 for 300. And so, which is beautiful, right? Turn them down. I want to hit the market. I can get more. Hasn't happened yet. My gut tells me he's going to end up back with the Nats. Back with the Nats. Yeah. No doubt. I don't know about Machado, but I think Bryce is going to end up. But for now, listen, those guys aren't going to take an L because they're going to get paid regardless. Regardless. Maybe even if it's not what they want. It's just MLB. 300 mil sounds nice to me. 300 but mil. But MLB, I'm giving the L, bro. I'm giving the L. Yeah, definitely L, man. I mean, you always want to see the guys, the guys. But you got to think about it. The NFL went through the same thing. Same you thing. Had, you had guys like Donald. Khalil yeah, Mack. Yeah. Those guys basically was the best defenders this no year. Doubt. You know what I mean? By none, it was first and second, you know. And to see those guys wait to the last moment to really get, you know, picked up with yeah, a team. Yeah, they did. Mac even got traded. That was the the weirdest thing I saw <laughs> yet to this How'd day. How'd that work out for Chicago? But I mean, just to see Donald go yeah. out there and perform the way he performed. No doubt. At the end of the day, you know, a Bryce Hopper alone will get his money because what I've seen, you know, firsthand from him. Yeah, we're going to see. This feels like a good time to remind all of the sponsors out there that the Santana Moss Show podcast is open for business. We would love to do a Bryce Harper type deal with you. So no just doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> just hit us up. Shout outs to Paisanos too, who is already a believer. But we're taking all comers. Santana Moss Show podcast feels like a good place yeah. to wrap up right there, right? It's a Riz app. Holla! It's a Santana Moss Show. Home of the Number 89. Hustle all the time. Try on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week is a lyrical fact.